Lately, I've seen nothing but darkness, so my mood changes every day like the wind. I try to stay sane, I try to stay positive, but in darkness, it's easier to find sin. I can't see God on my right or my left, so in truth, I can't see God at all. So when I picture my future, I see myself, not as a doctor or a lawyer, but playing football. I prayed to the father thinking he would help, but evidently he must be asleep. But I have always been told that he is never asleep, so I guess he just doesn't want to help me. So I slither around all by myself, daring anybody to come mess with me. All I have is venom in my words, because love has poisoned me with deceit. And the poison has spread, but it won't kill me. Instead, it just leaves me paralyzed. It has taken over fully my whole damn body. So I can't help but hate her for life. I despise myself for letting love into my heart. Letting it in and letting it take my life over. All it did was make me weak and now defenseless to be nothing but a pushover. And is this now going to be my life going forward? Am I destined to be full of hurt, full of pain? Can somebody please come see about me before the world has to be the one to take the blame? Welcome everyone. This is your Marion Life Coach, Larry Lou. And this is T3 Podcast, Transformation Through Truth. www.t3lifecoaching is how I can be reached if you need some assistance being guided to the path or while you are on the path of transformation. Let's get to it, people. This is Mania. The fourth um, episode or installment to the series Love Style. We talked about Eros. We talked about Storge. The last episode was about Ludus. And this is Mania. Mania is not something that is really pleasurable to talk about. I might take a little longer with this episode, so it's going to probably run a, run over 30 minutes. Um, I apologize because I know our brains can only take so much information, but there are some things that I really believe uh, we need to cover and talk about with this love style. Just so how we can gauge this love style, a lot of us are already familiar with it you see it on the news um i don't want to say a lot because the media that's all that they will talk about and it will make it seem like it happens more than it does because that's the only thing that is discussed you know only the worst right so when something like this happens it's all over the news but they don't talk about the other things that go along with this love style that may happen you know it's just not newsworthy 
as they say. So you've heard of this love style before, especially in the media. A friend of mine told me not too long ago, several months ago, and you've heard this story before. A young lady, woman, wife wants to leave her, her lover, her husband, and then tries to leave him when he's at work, when she feels that it's safe. And he comes home to find her moving. He kills her, barricades himself in the house as the police comes and are outside of the residence. And the guy ends up shooting himself. But there's another story out there. This story happened about two years ago in 2020. A professor at Notre Dame, PhD, 37 years old, killed her ex-boyfriend. The media said that they only dated for three months. Now, again, I don't really like to talk about the media because you don't know whether they're telling the truth or they're, or they're lying. You know, and nine times out of ten, my own personal bias and own personal opinion is that, you know, if they're not lying 100 percent, they only giving you half truths. And so I have a problem with that. But from what the media stated, they were only dating three months when they showed a picture of this man to this woman. She was quoted as saying, please make sure he is gone. You don't do people like that. I'm sorry. So we don't know what happened in those three months or if it was longer or, you know, we all want to assume maybe the guy cheated. But, you know, maybe he stole money from her. Maybe she signed or co-signed for him a car or something and, you know, left her and kept the car, or left her with the bill. Who, who knows? These things happen. These things do happen. Women will co-sign a car for their boyfriend, not a husband, their boyfriend. And they break up. He's with somebody else driving this other woman in the car that she's left paying for because he may not be paying the note. It's not, it's not his problem. His name isn't on it. So... These things do happen. So we don't really know what happened. But if you Google it, you will see a 37-year-old PhD professor at Notre Dame killed a man. This is mania. This is mania. When we are talking about these love styles, I told you in the beginning that the first three were primary love styles. Eros, Storge, and Ludus, right? Now we get into the secondary love styles. And the secondary love styles are made up of two of the primary love styles. And mania is a offspring of Eros and Ludus. The writer discovered that mania is similar to Eros by its strong desire and similar to Ludus by its self-control. Now, if you're like me, you know, I was saying to myself, 
Self-control, mania is, is, is crazy, right? Like, mania has no self-control. That's why they do what they do. But the self-control factor was done out of desperation. And so basically what would happen with the mania lover, person who embodies this love style, is that during their desperation, they are very controlled because they want the relationship. They can't live without the relationship. So they're going to do whatever is necessary to keep the relationship. So that's where the self-control came in at. And I don't want you to be confused because I know I know I was confused when I first first read it. But when you put two things together, you will either get a mixture of those two things or a compound of those two things. And again, we're talking about how mania was born of Eros and Ludus. And so the difference between a mixture and a compound, um, the difference between those two things is that if two things are mixed, you can see when settled, when those two things have settled, they separate, i.e. vinegar and water salad dressing like you can shake it up you could but if it sits you can see the separation and that is a result of things being mixed okay and that's very important and down the line you will you will see why but i want to explain how the compound love styles have come about so that's mixed And then as opposed to something that becomes a compound and when mixed, so to speak, cannot be separated. So when something is a compound, even though you mix something together, it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily separate, it becomes a compound. And so the best example that I can give you is, or I say a male and a female, get together to create a baby and let's say mom and dad split up they cannot take the half they made of the child with them the sperm and the egg have merged together and created something of themselves but also something that is opposite of them both this is what has happened with eros and ludus to get mania there are some things that are co- going to come out of that mixture that is not a characteristic of either of those two. And so going forward, when we talk about pragma and we get into agape, those two with mania are compound loves. And so this is just a brief explanation of how the compound loves have come about some become a mixture and some become a compound this style primary goal is 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 exclusiveness this love style's appetite for attention and affection can never be quenched can never be quenched now just to get this out of the way we always have to talk about the sex and kind of what each love style is attracted to right eros is has a particular 
ideal of beauty that they have to have. Ludus, it doesn't matter. Anybody will will do just about. Storge, it's all about that that spirit, you know, the the the, the friendship, the intrinsic. Well, mania doesn't really have a a type, but this is interesting to me. It says any person will do, and surprisingly at times, it is the unsuitable that is chosen. This is because manic lovers project qualities onto their mate until what is believed to be present is nothing more than an illusion. So they project the best traits into their lover, their mate. And when you look at the reality, it's all false. The person that they have created in this other person is not is non-existent. So who they are attracted to is the unsuitable people that they probably really do not like. But because their need to be loved is so strong, they will accept anybody. Now, again, unlike Eros or Ludus, right? Or Storge. And then the sex, the sex from a person who embodies this love style, in the book, he doesn't talk about what the sex is like, like he did with the other three. So, but just from what I've read, it is my belief, you know, my own personal opinion is that they would be excellent in bed. Because they will be willing to do anything to preserve the love. They're so afraid of not having it that anything that their lover tells them to do, they will probably do because they are always in desperation. This style is looked on from the outside. It will show glimpses of what one would think was demonic possession. The Greeks called it Thea mania which means the madness of the gods and i know for a fact that some of you know what i am talking about from experience if you are not sure i'm going to give you a couple of symptoms that might jog your memory sleeplessness loss of appetite agitation and one of my personal favorites stalking years ago one of my brothers Got caught cheating, not directly caught by the woman he was with, but he happened to get involved with the lady whose friend happened to be friends with his girlfriend, and he didn't know. So soon as this friend found out, she ran and told, and he tried to salvage the you know, the relationship, you know, of course, we, we got to go and explain ourselves. We're going to tell lies. We're going to say this. We're going to say that. That's 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 usually what happens. But the, ironically, after it came out, he left school, went back home to try to talk to her. And the first time he had spoken to her after the incident in college had been like 20, 25 years after the fact. And let me tell you why. When he went to go try to restore the relationship and explain himself, the young lady, his girlfriend, was nowhere to be found. 
And so what he did was for two weeks straight, he would drive to the corner of her street and sit in his car waiting to and hoping that she would leave the house so he can talk to her for two weeks straight. And he never laid eyes on her. So come to find out what she did was she knew that this is what he would would have done. Come back and try to explain himself. And she knew she wouldn't be strong enough to resist. So she went and stayed with the relative for a time being until she felt the coast was clear and it was safe for her to go back home. And let me tell you, my brother was sick. He was sick. Couldn't sleep. Couldn't eat. And at the corner of a young lady's street, every day, hunched down in the car, waiting to try to just talk to her. You could probably go to jail for that today. Ain't, ain't no telling what might happen to you today. And this is what what happens when we lose control. Unable to overcome our own emotional passion for our beloved. You know, this group, they lack the ability to understand how the person they are willing to die for does not want anything to do with them. They don't understand that. For them, I can even say for us, our sheer obsession is proof that no one can love them as much as we can love them. So we don't understand why a person wouldn't want that. That's mania. The obsession. I, I, I love you so much. How can you do me like this? It was, it was years ago I was young. But running around being ludus, so to speak. At least I thought I was. Had a girlfriend, was cheating on her. She found out. Found out where the girl stayed. I look out the window, all her girlfriends, they all in black. It's, it's three of them. She got two of her, her girls with them, and they bust my tires. Now, the funny thing is, as pissed off as I was, y'all want to know what I said? My baby loved me. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, she just loved me so much. I got off on it. That's what manic lovers do. They become desperate for their beloved's attention and affection, sometimes going to the very extreme of acting on the notion that we all have at least heard of. If I cannot have you, then no one can. The mania lover literally, literally craves to become one at its most extreme level. Like literally become one with their mate. This is what they want. But because this is physically impossible, his or her desires can never be satisfied because they live in self-doubt. Why, you may ask? I'm going to come back to that. But they live in extreme self-doubt. There are extreme self-defeating emotions with this love style. Here in Detroit, and I'm pretty sure it's in other other places, other plants. In the plant... I worked in the plant before. 
and it is just my opinion, 80% of people on the planet cheat, including myself. But I heard a story. A woman was cheating with this guy in the plant. The husband walks up in the plant, kills her dead inside the plant. Wasn't no sneaking. Wasn't no waiting until she got home. Wasn't no trying to cover it up. Just went in there and killed her. This is mania. And the the difficulties that this love style has seems to be evidence to the manic lover that love exists. She slashed my tire. She bust my window. She, she beat the girl up. Oh, my, my baby love me. And because of the extreme self-doubt, they have all these feelings of, of insecurity. All these insecure feelings. You know, and there are times when we are going through a rough patch and we are deep into our feelings that night and day look the same. We are disgruntled with life. And we'll say things like, you know, if I die, will you come to my funeral? You know, you've heard people say that. Like, if someone says that, it's, it's, you want to be a little alarmed. Because you don't know what they might be thinking or what they might have planned. There's a, an example in the book of a young lady or a, a, a woman. And she, it was a, a billboard that said, drive safely. Somebody needs you. Well, in the book. The woman response was, not me. No one would even know I'm gone. So Manic Lover's real mission, this author um, has stated, that the Manic Lover's real mission appears to be not to love or be loved, but to be saved because they're afraid to do it themselves. And that's a powerful statement. But I understand you know, I understand the statement. I understand, you know, where the conclusion comes from. Because if, because just, just think about it. The real question becomes, how can you believe someone loves you when you don't believe you're lovable? How is it possible? That's the real question. How can you believe someone loves you or can love you or will love you? When you don't believe you're lovable. And because you have these insecurities, because you don't believe you're lovable, another requisite is that they're in they are dependent. They have a dependency on others. They rely on others to give them what they should be able to give to themselves, which is self-worth. They don't have that. Without feeling love, the mania or manic lover their life means nothing until they find love until they find love their mental state will continue to slowly decline because they can't take it if the only thing that matters to you is being loved by someone and you don't have that it can cause some serious damage mentally and let me say this real quick babies who do not receive love, although receiving food, they're getting fed, die. And I can go more into that, but that's for another podcast. But my point is, if you don't have love, 
If you're not receiving love, feeling love, the spirit dies. And if they do find love, but lose it, the only thing that can happen is someone else has to fulfill that void. So they get in these cycles. They may get with somebody, they go through these relationships, they don't end well. And instead of them working on themselves, finding the self-worth, the self-confidence, the self-respect, they just continually stay in these cycles, just have someone else that they don't even really like half of the time, but just to fill that void that is inside of them. They're broken in the inside. They're broken. When you have very little self-worth, there is nothing you can draw on internally to, to combat the onslaught of negative feelings, resulting in them having no other option but to obey the impulses that are triggered. And that simply just and that simply means they can never respond. And when I say respond, I mean favorably react, you know, in a positive manner to a situation. They can only react. And so when I mean react to act in opposition, so they can only act negatively because the impulses take over. And if you know anything about your own emotions, Emotions are self-gratifying and the gratification that they want is very quick. And the quickest response, nine times out of 10, is not the best response. Nine times out of 10, it is not the best response. But when you have no self-worth, you have nothing to draw from on the inside. When I was with my son's mother, we went through a rough patch. And... I was so upset that I wasn't getting the sex that I wanted. See, we had just had a baby, just had my son. And at the time, young, I'm not understanding that a woman, you know, after having a baby, her body may change, her hormones may be out of whack, all this kind of thing. All I know is I wanted what I wanted. And that was to have sex. Every two days I had to have sex. So... Two days passed, so I should say the third day, I had to have sex. I couldn't go no longer than two days without it, and I wasn't getting it. So what did I do? Went out and cheated, came back and told her I cheated and told her that it was her fault. And I expected her to apologize to me. True story. Because I wanted what I wanted. I had no self-worth. I wanted all the affection, all the attention. I was jealous of my son to a certain extent because before him, I got everything that I wanted for the most part, the attention and, you know, the sex and this and that. But once he came, everything changed. And I was one that was used to that attention. And I had to have it in order to survive. That's the only thing that mattered. Her not giving me that made me feel like I was not loved. And it didn't turn out good. She ended up cheating. I could never prove it right away. And that made me upset because I knew something was going on. But I could never prove it. But when I found out she was cheating with my worst enemy, she made me pay. So much so I said if I seen this guy in the street, wasn't going to be no words. I was just going to drop him. No talking. No nothing. 
If he had to see me, he best would cross the street, but that wouldn't have mattered either. I was going to drop him. And I think he knew it because I never, ever seen him in the street. It got so bad. It got so bad that I contemplated not being on this earth because of the hurt. I had nothing to fill that void. And so the only solution was to not be here. That would be the only way to take take care of the pain. So you see, it's not always going to be homicide. It can just be suicidal. It's just the other extreme. The other side of the extreme. That's all it is. But they're both are but they're both are the same. They both are rooted in a person not being able to love themselves and expecting somebody else to do it for them because we need to be saved from ourselves. There's a quote. It says, passion cannot be beautiful without excess. When one does not love too much, one does not love enough. This is mania. Larry Lou people, elevation is in order. Peace.